This is the Color Pencil Podcast, session number 191. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm never better. How are you today? If I were any better, Just I'd so be- Just you know, every time I say that, I can't say it without the biggest stupid grin on my face. I'm glad no one can see me, because I think I'm <laughs> so funny for stealing your line. <laughs> Well, then we're twins, because I, I do that every week. I, I do that big, silly grin. <laughs> All right, this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding this medium that we love so much. So we're continuing with the questions and answers that we started last week. Amber writes, I want to buy several black portfolio books for storage of my colored pencil pieces. I am wondering if there is a risk of the plastic sheet sticking to the pencil if they have been in there for a long time. I don't know. I've not done that. What, have you done that, Lisa? I, yeah, that's how I store a lot of my, or I have in the past. Do you, stored a do lot you of my use pieces. like some glassine though? Do you put no? I don't. I put them in an actual. No, okay. I put them in the normal portfolio. It's yeah. a, it starts with an I. I can't remember the name of it right now. Mm -hmm. But I slide them in there, and I've had colored pencil both with just back when I was just using Prismacolor. I've had Polychromos, Luminance. I've had all of these ink tents. I've had some of those in there for twenty years. Never had a problem. Now. That said, I'm not going to say there aren't portfolios out there that would stick. I don't know. Yeah. The brands I've used, you want to make sure it's archival. You want to make sure it's right. intended for art to go in there. I've never had a problem. The only thing that I've really experienced is with graphite or carbon pencil or charcoal that the, the pencil will kind of stick onto the outer um, that plastic surface. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stick. It's that some of the graphite just rubs off onto it, if that makes sense. So it, it kind of makes the, the paper look a little dirty there or the, the plastic cover. But with colored pencil, I have never, never experienced that happening. Again, I can't say that it won't because every manufacturer, they could cheap out one. It could even be the same brand. They could cheap out one time and have a bad batch. I don't know. But the, using stuff that's archival, meant for artwork, I've never experienced that happen. And I've had artwork in some of these things. Gosh, some of them are even longer from when I was a teenager. So you're, you know, you're talking closer to 25 years. Hmm. You know, I I would advise you, though, uh, if you are at, at all worried about it, I would just get glassine and put over it as well. I mean, it's another uh, barrier and some protection. Um, I use boxes, acid-free archival boxes, and I use glassine every time that I'm, I'm layering. Yeah, in between anything. the layers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So – yeah, that's what that's the other, that's what I do on my bigger pieces. And if I'm that's actually talking about all the powder blender stuff. When I use powder blender, I always store it that way. I don't mm -hmm. store those pieces in a portfolio. Right. One, it needs to be on a rigid surface, and those portfolio pages can turn. So now my, I'm yeah. working on something that's already mounted, so that's not going to fit in one of those anyway. But that could still smudge, even when you put the final fix, fixative. It's kind of like pastels, where it still can smudge a little bit. So I don't want it to slide into right. a sleeve like that. So yeah, John's method of the box has been my preference um, for anything like that. Even some of the bigger colored pencil pieces I store in those boxes with glassine in between. Caitlin writes, do you have... 
a black eraser you use for black paper. No, if I need an eraser, I just use my normal kneaded eraser. That works fine. Um, I don't I don't like colored erasers at all. I actually made the mistake on a painting recently. I have a Faber-Castell. It's a dark green one. It came with one of my smart art boxes and I try, I used it on the canvas just to erase a line really quick that sh shouldn't have been a problem. It left a green mark on it. So no, Ooh. I don't like any yeah. colored erasers for anything. I'm either going to use um, white, like if I needed my Tombow mono eraser, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna erase something with that, I'm going to erase an area that I intend to put colored pencil back over anyway. But w if it was an area where I'm trying to lift stuff off, I'm gonna use a kneaded eraser, but I don't do a lot of erasing on my colored pencil pieces anyway. But yeah, kneaded erasers are still my, my preference. Yeah, I use kneaded erasers and I also use archival putty as well. And it's white. So, yeah, same thing. I, I try not to ever use any kind of colored erasers. Uh, they're just a, a bad, bad thing to do. I, I would avoid them. All right. So Betty writes, does anyone know of a truly environmentally friendly and non-toxic alternative to odorless mineral spirits or zested? I use Derwent artist pencils and so do some of my students or children. We are looking for a blending alternative that is safe to use with children and people with allergies. I have been advised that the powder blender is not suited to Derwent artist pencils. Thanks. I'm going to answer this super simply and in a way that you are not looking for. But honestly, I would switch to watercolor pencils or inktense pencils if you're talking to any with kids, depending on if they're if they're young enough that you can't trust them with odorless mineral spirits. I probably wouldn't trust them with ink tents on their clothing either unless yeah. they're wearing, you know, play clothes. But yeah, I would switch pencils. I mean... Odor, there, there are non-toxic, supposed non-toxic natural alternatives. And I'm making air quotes that you can't see, but those air quotes are important. You can use, there's like lavender, um, it, it's a type of solvent. A lot of people, you breathe in lavender. Oh my gosh. My, for me, my lungs like tried to close up. I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. Um, that was a real problem. And that was supposed to be one of the more natural alternatives. I found when I worked with kids, like when I would teach oil painting classes, if a child was was doing that, if the parent trusted them enough to play with the oils, we used odorless mineral spirits. The Mona Lisa odorless is what I used. But it's going to depend on the child and the actual age of the child. And you don't want a child to accidentally... I think the biggest risk with odorless mineral spirits and a kid is making sure it's in a safe container. Um, I had one student that kept bringing it in in a water bottle. It looks like water. That is too easy for somebody to drink. That made yeah. me super uncomfortable. That was an adult, but it was like, oh, please stop doing that. Yeah. So I would make sure it was in a container that a child wouldn't accidentally pick up and drink because it looks just and smells like water. There's not much odor. That would be my main concern. But yeah, if you're concerned, if you're working with kids that you don't think are safe with that, there's not an alternative that I would recommend because even the ones that are considered non-toxic or natural, I should say, not non-toxic. Well, like not, natural doesn't mean non-toxic. Um, right, right. So I, if you don't trust them with odorless mineral spirits, there's not another one that I would. I would honestly switch them over to watercolor pencils if you want them to be able to blend like that. That would be my option. Now, I worked with kids for years that the parents did trust them with odorless mineral spirits, never had a problem. But it's going to depend on the individual because I've worked with kids in the past too that I wouldn't have trusted with that. I didn't trust yeah. them with a graphite pencil. So um, they stab each other. So, you know, it, it, it depends. But no, I, I, if you don't trust them with OMS, there's nothing else I would trust them with. Not yeah. with that. Yeah, the, there's there's something that's kind of awful about uh, OMS, and that, and that is that it does have those uh, properties where it it's not uh, releasing these – these fumes that are will make you nauseous. And so 
we get this sense of, uh, you know, that it's a completely safe thing. You know, we start thinking that if we're around it a lot and if we're not careful about the way we contain it and the way we're thinking about it. Um, but yeah, all of these things, I mean, if you, if you really look into the ingredients a little bit and you look at the, the uh, some of the things that we use sometimes, I mean, it, it's just not good for you. And so why, why risk that at all? You know, I, I, yeah. I just don't think it, now, it's worth that. If it makes you feel a little bit better as far as like someone accidentally drinking odorless mineral spirits, it's not the same as like drinking bleach. It's not going to. Well, no. The problem with drinking odorless mineral spirits, my friend Lena, some of you may know Lena Dania. She's got a a really um, great YouTube channel and she actually accidentally drank hers. Um, Didn't realize it. I think she took two drinks out of it before she realized and she called poison control and their big thing that they stressed is do not induce vomiting if you do drink it because the problem is if it gets into your lungs, that's where you can get very, very sick. You do not want it coming into your lungs. And if you induce vomiting, that's what could happen. So um, if you if you did ever come across somebody who accidentally drank it, don't do any. I mean, it's, it's bad, but it's just going to pass through your system. Your system is not going to absorb it. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it regularly, but it's not going to hurt you. And she was told to fine. She didn't get sick. She didn't have any problems. Although she did try to induce vomiting before she called poison control, but she even then was, she was lucky. She didn't get into her lungs. She was fine. Never had a problem, but it's not, I mean, I don't want you to think that it's that dangerous. Oh my gosh. If you drink it, it's the equivalent of drinking Drano. It is not at all. Just if you ever did have somebody who accidentally drank it, do not induce vomiting. Go ahead and, you know, call poison control just in case. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to give you bad advice there, but it's not as risky as it's more if you breathe it in or get it into your lungs that's the big risk but while we're on the topic though um when i'm spraying anything as well i I, i'm a little freakish about this perhaps i'm overly protective but i wear goggles and i wear a mask i'm completely trying to protect you know my eyes and my lungs when i'm when i'm doing that i've seen people that don't do that they just stand around it you know and breathe it and it's like we may feel like that these things are not all that bad but you don't know what yeah what you don't know and you don't know what's really happening i i think you ought to be as cautious as possible and yeah when you're working with children just just use things that are safe um and you know when you're talking about older teenagers or something yeah it's going to depend on the child yeah. obviously and make sure to if you do decide if you are teaching classes and i i found this with both adults and teens it wasn't really young children that i had working with uh, odorless minerals mineral spirits but Make sure they keep the lid on the container. Too yeah. many people want to keep an open bucket. And I, oil painters, I think I saw this more with, they would keep their odorless mineral spirits or some people would try to use turpentine or turpenoid and all those, which I had to stop allowing in the class because the smell would just knock you out. The odor was super strong, gave everyone headaches, made them dizzy. That could get bad. But anyway, keep the lid on the product. The problem, like John was saying with odorless mineral spirits, it doesn't smell. You don't notice that you're breathing this in. So, and I, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like be afraid. It's so, so toxic. Make yeah. some common sense. You can protect yourself a bit just put the lid on it keep a lid on it and you i've never had a problem now i'm really sensitive to stuff everything gives me a headache i have as many of you know our uh, fibromyalgia and i'm guessing it's because of that i don't know for certain but oh my gosh mold um anything like mold from growing in my plant pots i've had problems oh the headaches and i've gotten really really sick from that never had a problem with oms no headaches no nausea no anything so it's not i don't want to make it sound like it's this horrible thing but i would still use common sense keep the lid on it don't don't let it set open because you're going to use it in a few minutes i dip my brush in it and immediately put the lid right back on and it doesn't take that long it's something that i'm just used to doing all right so hopefully these answers have helped you today and if you do have a question 
question, you can go to sharpenartist.com slash Q&A and submit it right there. Or reach out by email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. This is a weekly show. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.